Have you ever walked past a dumpster and been like, yo, I wonder what's in that dumpster? I can put on these glasses. Let's start eating that trash can. You're listening to the True Crime Dumpster Podcast with hosts Amy and Kevin. And we're coming back at you this week with episode, oh gosh, 68. 68 it's true it's, it's it's really happening that one comes after 67 i think it's true and who are we going to be talking about this week kevin this week we have someone by the name of arturo gotti it's not gaddy gotti gotti okay and he was a famous boxer i don't know if any of you might have heard of him before but you're about to so we've all been locked in our homes during this COVID thing going crazy. The masks, the hand sanitizer, virtual cocktail hour, getting drunk with friends via Zoom or whatever. I feel like we're living in a Black Mirror episode We sometimes. haven't really, you and me haven't done too much of that stuff. No, but Kim was having like, my sister no, well, Kim yeah. was having like these like virtual brunches and getting wasted with her friends like online. It's, it's ridiculous. So dystopian. I mean, it's better than spreading illness to a bunch of your friends and still being able to see them i disagree okay (laughs) but i'm sure netflix and you you disagree because you just didn't do it because you thought it was kind of lame you didn't disagree because i was making a joke okay well i'm just making sure that you know people don't think weird things of you (laughs) please listener don't think anything bad about me or weird for amy's sake not mine (laughs) All right, let's get to it. So, trapped indoors, I found myself spending a lot of time looking for something to watch. Uh, And Tiger King. (laughs) (laughs) I think everybody watched that, right? Yeah, that's so a year ago. That yeah, that one. Puzzles and the Tiger King. Forgotten. Those are so done. (laughs) But like. When I turn on Netflix or something like that, I feel like I like scroll through the titles longer than like what you would watch something. Ex- for. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so instead of settling for something I probably wouldn't like, I've been watching a bunch of old fights on YouTube a lot. What kinds of fights you ask? Like girls fighting over shoes or at the mall. I'd watch that, yeah, but <laughs> any kind. That would really. be weird. If that's like specifically... If that was my niche, yeah, yeah. that would be weird. <laughs> but uh, I think street fights are fun. There's lots of cool... To, ra- to do or watch? To watch. Oh, okay. And, you know, I haven't been a part of one in a while, so I mean... You haven't you haven't been like a shark versus... What, the sharks versus the jets? Was that... That's hockey. <laughs> no, isn't that like West Side Story or something? Is that like a musical or something? I know you hate musicals. You're asking the You're wrong asking... guy. But it wasn't the isn't the sharps? No, not the sharps. The sharps versus the skins. Yeah, I think I I've heard of that one. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna stop. You just keep going. So, you know, there's tons of MMA fights and UFC and all that stuff, but my favorite is boxing. 
I don't know why. It's just more pure, I think. I played a lot of the Mike Tyson's Knockout. Was that what it was called? Yeah, that game was fucking fun. I had it on Game Boy. Game Boy. I still have my Game Boy. I know you do. You probably <laughs> still play it. So when I was younger, I used to watch a lot of boxing. I didn't really follow it too closely. I just watched it. Uh, it was on TV a lot. But I remember Mike Tyson, when he got knocked out for the first time, I was going home and I like I thought like the president got shot or something like I was just like hearing people like yelling from their houses and stuff. It was <laughs> I was like, what the hell happened? And someone came out and was like Mike Tyson just got knocked out. When but, did he bite the guy's ear off? Did that happen? Evander Holyfield. Yeah, he did. Not off, but he took a chunk off. Dang. I don't remember when. That, that was, was a lot later. Cause Mason had, I think would the, know. This is a had, question for Mason. He had the face tattoo by then, right? Mike Tyson. He might have, yeah. Yeah, I think that's why like, he got the face tattoo, and we were, people were like, whoa. And then I think he ripped off the guy's ear, and then they're like, whoa. Anyways. He's a fun one to watch for sure. So one day on my quest for a vintage bloodbath, I came across part one of what would be a barbaric trinity of fights that became legendary. Arturo Gotti versus Mickey Ward. So brutal. It was so insane, I immediately watched the other two fights. The other two fights were even more fucked up. During the third fight, Gotti broke his hand on Mickey Ward's hip, and he continued to fight and Ouch. won in a decision. Yeah, Ouch. absolute savagery. Wait, wait, wait. So he won even though he broke his hand? Yeah. He Dang. continued fighting, yeah. <gasps> Ouch. Yeah, Ouch is fucking right. I had a student who broke his nose during a basketball game, and he still played, but they lost. That's not a good story. <laughs> and then did he find $10? <laughs> well, at least he found $10. But, like, when you break your nose, it, like, really fucks up your balance. And he was all, like, he was, like, seeing, like, bird, you know, Tweety Birds, you know? like he, <laughs> Really? He missed, Tweety Birds. He missed a, uh, what are those things called? Free throw? He missed the, a free throw, and he almost never lots missed of free, people miss free those. throws. Free throw? Free throw. Three throw. Keep going. So, believe it or not, Amy hates boxing. A lot. But loves murder. <laughs> She can't understand why I would want to watch people beating the shit out of each other. I can't do it. It's therapeutic. Especially, why especially do you MMA. love murder? That's more disturbing. Because it's, well, I guess it's more real. Yeah, talk your way out of that one. <laughs> so I've tried to explain some of the technical aspects of boxing to her. I actually went to a boxing gym for a small time in Portland. Molly. Hatchet. I was going to say Ringwald. <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather go. Molly McConnell, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. she's a like a world champion for like MMA, women's. She's a badass. Not MMA, f boxing, Amy. See, there's two different things. Oh, okay, sorry. It's like football <laughs> and soccer. Gotcha. But not how they're the same sport. With <laughs> yeah, I was about to say. Um, <laughs> sorry, that you was mean how bad. You mean like soccer and tennis? That's more, yeah, okay. it's exactly, you know what I mean. Yeah. It's like football or football. <laughs> so when I went to this gym, it was definitely the best shape I was ever in. And one time I got in the ring with a guy that had now been- you're working on your dad bod. Okay, I need to stop interrupting you. Keep going. Yeah, I, well, that's what these I'm sedentary joking. days are doing to me. But uh, I stepped in the ring with this dude that had been boxing for years. And we were just doing like simple combination drills. We weren't like sparring or anything. But we had the ring to ourselves, so we were moving around using the ring. And this dude had me tripping over my feet just, like, using his footwork and stuff. He wasn't doing anything. 
And I was literally like falling down and totally out of breath. It was very humbling. So I have total respect for anyone that can make boxing look good. And I think it's pretty safe to say that the majority of people that listen to these true crime podcasts are female, yes? Women, yeah. Women, yes. And am I totally off the mark thinking that most women, like my lovely wife, also do not like boxing? I, you know, I don't know. Can't you speak for the women kind? <laughs> I, I don't hate boxing. I just don't love it. That's all. So why the fuck are we doing an episode about this gaudy dude? That's true, yeah. Because this isn't technically a murder. Because. But maybe it is. This dude's young, hot wife may have had this three-time world champion, quote, suicided like the Clintons do. Look it up. Oh, my God. It's sketchy as fuck. And this story is sketchy as fuck. So here we go. Arturo Gotti was born on April 15th, 1972, in a small Italian town near one of the oldest monasteries in the world, Calabria, in Italy. He started attending a school in Montreal, Quebec, Canada, obviously a little bit later on, and eventually gained citizenship and lived there full time. As a kid, Arturo liked martial arts like most boys do. He also liked boxing. Possibly, he just liked hitting things, but at eight years old, he started entering youth boxing competitions. In 1990, Arturo entered the Youth World Championship. He lost the fight, but made an impression. They were going to keep him on the team for the Summer Olympics, but Gotti left to start his professional career. And on June 10th, 1991, he won his first pro fight by TKO. That's for those a technical who, knockout. Oh, I thought it was to, that, total knockout. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it means the same thing. Really? Okay. If you get knocked down three times in one round, that's going to be a TKO. They won't let you fight after that. Or uh, if they fuck you up bad enough that the the ref is just like, <laughs> no way, dude. For one second, I thought it was a totally cute overload. <laughs> just kidding. That's why I love my wife. <laughs> if anybody knows like early internet stuff, there was that guy who thought he was Peter Pan. You and mean he... Michael Jackson? <laughs> no. People like, for those of you who know, you know, when I said that, his face came to mind. He... Well, I'll post a picture of him on our on our Facebook group, but um, he's the, you... do you know who I'm talking about? He's I got think, like the bowl cut and I he's, think I know who you're talking about. And he about. dresses up like Peter Pan and he and on his website would put TCO everywhere. You're and, talking and, about your friend Jamie, right? <laughs> he went through a phase, didn't he? <laughs> and he does listen to this podcast, so he's probably gonna hear that. <laughs> no, but he would always put on his website TCO, TCO, and it was totally cute overload. <laughs> That is not TKO. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> not at all. Not at all. So, <laughs> Gotti quickly made a name for himself. He had a flashy style and a savage left hook. He was a pretty boy with an iron jaw. Gotti would go on to win the titles in three different weight divisions. He signed a deal with HBO. He was killing it. He lost fights too, but he was a tough bastard. A tough bastard that always had a smile on his sometimes completely battered face. 
probably, most likely, undoubtedly, his most famous fights were the ones with Mickey Ward. These fights were like watching an old Godzilla movie. No defense, just swinging fists with total lethal intent. Both fighters giving each other caveman lobotomies for sure. They fought like this three times, and by the end, they actually became close friends. Very cute. Talk about total cute overload. Yeah, total TCO. Total. If anyone out there is... (laughs) TKO led to TCO. (laughs) Totes. If anyone out there has seen the Marky Mark movie, The Fighter, anyone? Amy? Uh, TCO. (laughs) It was, well, Marky Mark, so he's totally hot. And it was a Hollywood movie. (laughs) T-H-O. Okay, stop. Totally shut the fuck up. (laughs) So the movie was about the life and career of Mickey Ward. Little fun fact. So what Arturo's fellow boxers all admired about him was his punching power. He was a fucking savage. Wasn't Marky Mark also in that movie, like, Rockstar, where it was, like, kind of the story of, like, Blaze Bailey? Yes. Wow, he tends to be a lot of people who... No, it wasn't Blaze Bailey. It, it was Ripper Owen. Oh, Ripper Owen. Yeah, the Judas Priest. Oh, I get Ripper Owen and Blaze Bailey mixed up because they both suck. <laughs> <laughs> and they replaced really amazing people for a period of time. That's also why I love my wife. <laughs> So he was a savage puncher, and his fellow boxers also had enormous respect for Arturo's heart. He would never give up. He would take tons of abuse, get knocked down, only to come back, and most of the time win the fight. Like I said, he won the third fight with Mickey Ward with a broken right hand. And I don't, if anyone out there has ever tried punching someone over and over again with a broken hand, I haven't it tried probably it. hurts a lot. Okay, I'm not going to try that. So in his career, he did lose nine fights, but he never quit. Arturo also partied as hard as he fought. His little brother, Fabrizio, said Arturo partied till the sun came up every other day. He was a big fan of go-go bars or strip clubs. Who ain't? I'm not like the hugest fan. I mean, whatever. They're very different in Portland than they are here. Here, they have PJ Grunts. <laughs> yeah, they have cooler names here. Except for now, it's not called PJ Grunts anymore. It's just PJs, which is stupid. They should have just kept the Grunts. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> and Spearmint Rhino. That makes That's no a, sense. I know. Yeah. Is that like a stain that gets left on your shirt or something? <laughs> what? Arturo was probably also addicted to pain meds, as tons of fighters, NFL players, hockey players, pro wrestlers, like we talked about. You know, you get the idea. All these guys are always addicted to pain meds. Yeah, because their life is pain. Life is pain. And their life is more pain. More than ours. Yeah. Uh, I don't get hit for a living. (laughs) Why? Why'd you give me that look? (laughs) He also liked cocaine and chasing women. So a longtime friend of Gotti, Mario Costa, said, quote, he lived in go-go bars. His life had no structure whatsoever. He would get up. I'm sorry, I just I imagine like him having like a bed there and like making eggs in the morning <laughs> at the bar. Well, if he lived there. So this his friend said his breakfast was was three Percocets. Oof. And then he would go to the bar. Oh, that's not good. You can't 
it's not sustainable. <laughs> I'll say that. <laughs> the party was not always a fun one. Gotti had overdosed on painkillers, engaged in numerous brawls with strangers, and had run-ins with police. He was arrested for driving under the influence in three states, and his driver's license was canceled for 10 years. Gotti also had a dark side, usually the combination of repeated head trauma and the painkiller booze diet leads to depression. In court, <laughs> duh. In court documents. NCTE, or whatever that is, right? Isn't it CTE? It, the repeated head injury stuff that like all the football players were getting, like Aaron Hernandez and stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I don't know if it is, that's the letters, but. Yeah, it's something like it's that. It's got three letters. <laughs> <laughs> in court documents filed in 2006, a former girlfriend Gotti was living with at the time stated that he had, quote, attempted suicide by overdosing on cocaine, alcohol, and prescription drugs the year prior. Hospital records from New Jersey say that Gotti arrived at an emergency department in an, quote, unresponsive state, testing positive for cocaine and alcohol. When was that? Remember that? Um, who was the singer that sang that, all those songs about partying? Andrew W.K., what? Did I get that? <laughs> yeah, I think yeah, yeah, something yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's Andrew WK. What year was that? Two thousand five, four, three. I wonder if Arturo Gotti was like pumped on that shit. Total fucking party. <laughs> There's a lot of three <laughs> letter like acronyms here. Uh <laughs> hope you guys can keep up. So in two thousand four, his friend Mario Costa said That in, was he sang party till you puke. He, right? He put party in front of anything. Yeah, he, party he didn't till you, drink either. Party till you brush your teeth. <laughs> uh, party. You're not funny. Keep going. Okay. <laughs> so in 2004, his friend Mario Costa said in an interview for The Fifth Estate, which I guess is an NBC show, uh, that Gotti threatened to commit suicide during a late night visit to his home. Quote, he says, please give me my gun, said Costa. Quote, I was afraid I had my gun there. But I told him I don't have my gun. I believe if I gave him my gun that night, he would probably blow his head off right in front of me. That's how bad he was. So it seems all is not champagne and booty claps. <laughs> in late 2006, Gotti meets Amanda Rodriguez. She says they met while walking dogs, while other sources say they met at the go-go bar. <laughs> walking dogs means going to the strip club. That's what it means when I tell you I'm walking the dogs. <laughs> yeah, right. We have too many dogs for that to be true. <laughs> I, just take, I just take them to the go-go bar. You take them to PJ Grunts. They, yeah, they do well up on the stage there. <laughs> pimp, you pimp our dogs out? It's <laughs> disgusting. <laughs> it's not a brothel, right? <laughs> it's a dog brothel. So Amanda was born in Brazil. She was a fiery 19-year-old dancer, and the two started a very passionate relationship. Crazy relationships are fun until they aren't. Yep. I'm sure everyone listening can think of their own crazy one and how it was awesome at the start and then awesomely shitty and tumultuous soon after. Mm-hmm. My crazy ex is related to a serial killer. Mm-hmm. A big one, too. Very related and very violent. And I think we kind of mentioned this all before. Yeah. I'm glad that one's over. <laughs> also in 2006, Gotti retired from professional boxing. 
In 2007, Gotti and Amanda Rodriguez got married and had a son, Arturo Jr. And of course, this is when things started to get shitty. In 2008, Gotti was cited and arrested for domestic violence against Amanda in Hawaii. Amanda was also known to be violent with Gotti as well, one time beating him over the head with a broom, telling him his mother was a whore, whoa, and that his sisters were prostitutes. Whoa, fun stuff. Fiery. In 2009, a restraining order from the court of Quebec was issued, ordering Gotti to keep away from his estranged wife. Gotti would later be arrested and charged for violating this order. Clearly, they are very passionate people, no? Yes. Was she Brazilian? She was from Brazil. Okay. So uh, a hot-blooded Brazilian Italian. and Italian. Yeah. yeah. Lots fire, of passion. Fiery bunch, yeah. Despite all of this, the couple went on... Okay, so this is weird. Despite all of this, they went on a three-week Europe and Brazilian vacation. Weird, right? Well, how do you do that when you have a, a restraining order? I'm not sure. They're... It must have been later that year. I mean, this happens with like Their fairly relationship like, was so abusive crazy. couples. Yeah, they're like... Women and men get restraining orders against each other and then they get lifted and they get back together and they it's like a game a lot of times, you know, and it's hard. I think that's why some people kind of like look down upon like women or men that have been abused and go back to their abuser. Like, I don't understand how you could do that. It's like you can't explain that kind of stuff, you know, like it's so psychologically like fucked, you know, when you when you have a. A, a, an abusive relationship it's it's a lot you know it's it's like with drugs like it's like it's you know it's bad for you and you keep going back for it and, it, and there isn't necessarily a logic or reason to it but you know it's not good for you you know yeah when you're in the middle of it you don't see how toxic it really is i mean is. how long did you stay with you know who for and you guys were in a hellishly toxic relationship um a couple of years right some would say too long <laughs> i would be one of those people so the three-week trip was kind of a second honeymoon to try and rekindle the relationship, but apparently Amanda had filed for separation right before they got to Brazil. According to Gotti's friend Tony Rizzo, Gotti called him during the middle of the trip to tell him that the marriage was over. Yeah, why continue with the trip then? I don't know. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I mean, it sounds or, like... or it's a setup. If, if that's what you, you know, okay, we'll get there. After visiting Europe, Gotti and Amanda went to her country home of Brazil to see her family. The couple went to a bar on a Friday night and had a few drinks with dinner. An argument broke out between them. Then Arturo hit and pushed Amanda to the ground outside of the nightclub where a bunch of people saw it, right? So some of the people who saw this happen called Gotti out for hitting a woman and began hitting him. And they got in his face and Gotti being the fucking boxer that he is that is tco and knows how to tko he he's not that he tko'd cute. one dude yeah he broke a dude's jaw and then um he got hit over the head with a bicycle so after all this this brawl like he, he is he like pretty seriously injured at this point or anything no he's not really injured he can definitely take a punch he's bleeding from the head but he's not like fucked up that much. yeah and i mean like he's had years and years of years of being beat around the head and he can and handle bleeding from the heads another day at the office for exactly Mr. Gotti. but the dudes that were beating him up he, he fucked them up pretty bad yeah so Gotti gets into a cab and he returns back to his hotel and this whole while he's got his kid with him right i think i think he took the kid she stormed off without him and he took the kid 
So we got a lot of this information from an investigation discovery show called Murder in Paradise. And they actually interviewed the cab driver. And I believe the cab driver did say that the baby was with Gotti. And he, like, Gotti was, like, so, like, kind of crazy that, like, it seemed like he was almost going to, like, leave his kid in the cab. Like, he said that he kind of, like, ran after the guy and brought, like, brought him stuff of the kids or whatever. Like, obviously, like, Gotti was pissed off, right? Yes. So he goes back to the room and he's bleeding from his head, like you said. And witnesses said that the two were still fighting when they returned from the bar early Saturday morning. This would be the seaside resort of Porto de Galinas, Pernambuco, Brazil. So the story goes, Amanda takes Arturo Jr. upstairs to go sleep, leaving Arturo Gotti Sr. downstairs to sleep on the couch. Ten hours later, Amanda... Com- Ten hours later? That's a long time to sleep. It is. Ten hours later, Amanda comes downstairs and she finds Gotti on the ground dead. On June 11th, the day of his sister's wedding, which I thought was a little weird because he seems in in the in the television series, he seems fairly close to his sister. Why would he not be with his sister on the wedding day? I don't know. Some right? things that I read said that he was supposed to be at the wedding. But he was But then he's also in Brazil, so Yeah, well, I guess if they're fighting really early on Saturday morning and 10 hours later, I mean, we could be talking like 3 in the afternoon or something. He could have I mean, Brazil to Florida is probably not that long of a flight. It's pretty far, but I mean, it's not crazy. I, he could have tried to be, you know, I'm. I, there was just, I was just thinking about that. I think if there was a plane ticket already purchased that would have been mentioned somewhere. Yeah, it's just weird that the that the sisters seemed close, and it was her wedding day, and he wasn't there. Maybe she was expecting him, you know. So, like I was saying, it's the day of his sister's wedding, and. He's 37 years old. Whoa, that's how old I am. And he's dead on the floor of his hotel room. So Amanda told police she woke up to find Gotti's body early in the morning, presuming he died by suicide. She argued that there was no way she could kill a professional boxer of Gotti's size. She is fragile, young, and skinny. How could she kill a boxing champion? Amanda Rodriguez's attorney, Celio Avellino, said to the Associated Press, when she awoke, she presumed he had committed suicide, but so, so she had nothing to do with it. Gotti's body, was fun to say, was found slumped face down in the kitchen after he had fallen from being hanged with the strap of his wife's purse from the staircase handrail leading to the bedroom upstairs. Okay, whoa, whoa, whoa. So... That's my favorite sentence of this whole thing. Yeah, it's a very complicated sentence. So the the strap of her handbag is around his neck? Or there's markings? You know, what is weird is there's markings. And what is weird is the strap is not around his neck, and the strap is not... Isn't it like under the table or something? It's like away from his body a little bit. And it's like... And it's they, not they attached to the handrail either. Yeah, and when they did their own investigation, I think the family, the Gotti family, they like the the people, the forensic people, like couldn't reenact being hung by the staircase and having the body be where it is and having the the strap be where it was. Like that yeah, was like, like hard to replicate or yeah, like yeah. not not replicable. They did all these different tests with like an exact uh, purse strap 
and like and the exact weight of the his length, body. you know, the length of it and stuff. And it was just like impossible for him to like even attach it to like around his neck and to the handrail. So, but he definitely had striations around his neck and there was blood on the purse strap. Hmm. It reminds me of a couple other quote unquote suicide scenes that I'll just want to mention. If you've never heard of these cases, they're very, very, very curious. And I'd like to cover at least one of them on our podcast. But there's the case of Jessica Johnson in Mississippi in 2017. She Apparently, after I I believe a fight with her boyfriend was found hanged by like one of those like really short mailboxes, like by two shoelaces. Like she took two shoelaces and like choked herself to death on this mailbox. There's photos of that, right? There's a lot of photos of her body online. It's it's very, it's very, very strange and very sad. And it was ruled a suicide. But again, she was having lots of issues with like her with her baby's father or boyfriend or whoever it was. So like, but again, like the investigation, not that great kind of in this case as well. And then the other one it reminds me of is there's a dude named Anthony. What's his name? Anthony something rather, but the, who cares about him? He sucks. But there's a woman that was named Phoebe Hanschuk and she was an Australian woman. Very, very, very beautiful. I believe she was a model even. And she was dating this older dude named Anthony and super duper mysterious death that was ruled either an accident or I don't think they ruled it a suicide. They ruled it an accident. She was like found at the bottom of a trash chute from 12 stories up. Really, really, really crazy. And then like 10 years later, so this was like two years ago, 10 years later, like in 2018 or 2019, he had another girlfriend who died mysteriously, like like when they were having issues and she was found like hanging from like a cabinet door like again like really low with like a gold chain and it was almost exactly like or like a gold string or rope or something like they didn't they didn't explain it very well but it sounds a lot like this one where it's like the the chain or the thing that she apparently hanged herself with like wasn't anywhere near her body and it was like and like investigators couldn't replicate the scene, but it was still ruled a suicide. So it's like all of these like apparent self-inflicted, you know, injuries, suicides, right? They're all just like really weirdly impossible, but yeah. they still happen. It's and that's what's so concerning. Supposedly, the Clinton calling card is a red handkerchief. Kevin, stop it with the Clintons. They did nothing to you. <laughs> So like we said, the purse strap was found near the body, but not attached to the staircase and also not attached to Gotti, but it did have some of his blood on it. A day later, Amanda was taken into custody after police found blood on her purse. However, she was released later that month and Gotti's death was ruled a suicide. The boxing world wasn't convinced. Neither was Gotti's family and friends. So another sketchy part of this story is the will. At the center of the legal dispute are two wills that Gotti left behind. The first, dated 2007, leaves Gotti's fortune to his mother, brother, and a daughter from a previous relationship. However, the family has been unable to produce a signed copy of that will, leaving its legal status in question. Ooh, that's a bad thing to lose. Yeah. The other will, signed weeks before his death, potentially when there was a restraining order in place leaves everything to Amanda and their son, Arturo Jr. 
The family maintains Scotty was pressured by his wife to draw up the new will, threatening him that she would take their son and leave if he didn't. Yeah, she was going to take Arturo Jr. and bounce if he didn't make her the new benefactor. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So on the 31st of July in 2009, the Canadian government announced that it would be seeking more information from the Brazilian government about what happened to Arturo Gotti. The Gotti family said that there would be another autopsy performed, and on August 1st, a pathologist hired by the Gottis said that there was bruising around Arturo's neck that was not mentioned in the Brazilian report. At the family's request, the Quebec coroner agreed to exhume the body so that two pathologists could conduct a second autopsy. The coroner's office released their report in November of 2011. Brochu, 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 one of the pathologists agreed with prior conclusions that Gotti died a violent death from asphyxia by neck constriction. He also noted that Gotti had caro. Oh, I didn't. Carisoprodol. I'm so glad that you're doing this word and not me. (laughs) I don't. Yeah. You're doing a good job. A muscle relaxant in his system along with alcohol. An expert toxicologist from Quebec retained by the coroner said that the drug can produce withdrawal symptoms such as anxiety, confusion, and psychosis. The coroner also stated that the, quote, obvious presence of postmortem lividity indicated that the body had been suspended for some time before ending up on the floor. Two independent private investigators from the States hired by the Gotti family proved that it was impossible that Gotti's body would have been found in the place and position it was if he had indeed hanged himself. They believe his wife had an accomplice to assist with murdering Gotti. The motive was Gotti's fortune, which Amanda inherited since she was able to coerce Gotti to void their prenuptial agreement three weeks prior to his death. After all the new findings, information, and facts were gathered and presented by independent outside agencies from Canada and the U.S., Brazilian authorities again concluded that Gotti's death was a suicide and closed the case. So Amanda was about to be rewarded the estate, which was around $3.4 million, along with whatever money he also had, until Gotti's ex-girlfriend, her name's Erica Rivera, she started to get involved. So Erica suddenly started getting legal documents in the mail that appeared to threaten her daughter's trust account set up by Gotti. And it's the daughter that she had with Gotti. She launched her own wrongful death suit against Amanda in New Jersey, putting a freeze on the money and ensuring that nothing would be settled for years. This was in 2011. At the end of 2011, in December to be exact, Amanda was rewarded the money and moved back to Brazil. In 2013, Amanda moved back to Montreal and opened a boutique called Boutique AG, which stood for Boutique Amanda Gotti, on St. Dennis Street, a trendy street in the city. Needless to say, friends of the late boxer were not amused. Quote, that's a real, real, real hell of a move on her part, said retired boxing champion Otis Magic Grant, who now owns a boxing gym in Dollar de Ormo. It's French, I'm not sure. I probably butchered that. Uh, where he coaches and manages amateur boxing events. 
quote, the fact that she came back to Montreal to set up and live her life is real gutsy, said Grant. In an exclusive interview with Global News, Amanda has extended a hand of friendship to Arturo Gotti's mother. She said she would like her mother-in-law to put aside her suspicions to become part of her life. However, Fuck I that. <laughs> even even if even if it was an accident or a suicide or whatever, it doesn't fucking matter. She like had bad blood with the family, you know, with him. So I, I get that she has a kid by him, but like. Fuck that. that. I don't like that. Some people think she's kind of trolling. So, How so? What do you mean? Like. Oh, you want to be friends with me? Like yeah. fucking with her? And like also opening this boutique in Montreal. It's just trying to be. It's, it's just kind of like, like twisting the knife. Yeah. Oh. So, however, uh, Ida Gotti. I just don't think she's that diabolical. Like in interviews, when you watch her, she doesn't seem diabolical, but well, she maybe is that's what pretty makes her diabolical. fucking cocky. Yeah, she could be a total sociopath. Who knows? Uh, Ida Gotti, Arturo's mother, told Global News that she is afraid to be in the same room as her daughter-in-law. She is worried that Amanda could falsely accuse her of assault. Zinger, or she might be afraid of her because she's gonna fucking kill her. So what do you think? Hmm. Gosh, these, I mean, I think that it'll never be solved. I think that if she did it, she got away with murder. But I'm going to err on the side of I don't think she could have done it. I just, she's too small. And, you know, the, 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 the hotel security said that, you know, there was surveillance and closed caption, you know, or closed circuit, not closed caption, <laughs> closed Closed circuit television. Yeah. The, no one went into that room. The key cards, you know, indicate that nobody went into that room. I don't think she had an accomplice. I think they got in a heated argument. She may have goaded him into doing something fucked up. I could see that. Um, but yeah, I don't I don't know. That would seem very difficult to do. They were both fucked up. Yeah, it seems like it like those two investigators said it would have been impossible for him to do it himself and she couldn't do it but she could goad him into doing it like we didn't even really consider that she could have been like yeah fuck you do you know i dare yeah, you but to... he couldn't it wasn't physically possible for him well maybe him. she helped <laughs> I yeah no i mean i don't know well how would it not be physically impossible i think the ligature was like too too short to, to go around his bind neck. it around your neck and the handrail oh. in a way to like especially if you're doing it yourself, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't say it's impossible, because obviously something happened. Well, how else would he have died then? He was just choked out by it. I mean, they said that there. I was... wonder if there's any damage to the handrail, or to the stair rail. Thing. I don't think there was. Dang, that is a really fucking mysterious crime scene, or you know, death scene. Yeah, they said that the body, the way it was positioned, like the lividity, it was like in a hang position for a while. So it was like kind of in a, I don't know. So he was hanging then? It's, it's a, it seems to be. Oof. Evidence suggests yes. It's so crazy for him to be this total, like, in you know, intense fighter his whole life. And then to just kind of die of like super mysterious causes by like 
a like a simple strap, you know? Yeah. I mean, he was. Whether it was self-inflicted or from her. You Look know? at Chris Benoit. I mean. Yeah. Like that CTE shit is no joke. Yeah. And I mean, I don't want to discount the fact that he was somewhat ab- like he was abusive to Amanda. Like their like, relationship was just abusive yeah. in general. They were abusive to each other. Yeah. So I don't want to put like any total negative light on her because I mean she was abused. She gave him black eyes yeah, too, yeah, but he I'm, was a fucking professional boxer, so. Yeah. But I'm just saying that like I don't want to put too much fault on her because one she's a passionate been, relationship. She, she's been cleared, you know, and she hasn't gone on to like hurt anybody else that I know of. So maybe she truly is just innocent, you know, maybe she's guilty of maybe goading him to do it. Um that you know, there's that kind of famous case of uh, the the girl t- that texts her boyfriend to to kill himself and he did. Yeah, she's already out. It's crazy. She was out in like eighteen months or something. She was supposed to. If serve you a can get years. goaded into killing yourself via text message, then your will to live is not very strong. No, he uh, was already su- fairly suicidal, I believe. Yeah, but I'm just saying. I'm just using it as an example of like you can. If you're in a psychologically fucked relationship and a physically fucked relationship, you know what I mean? You can really, like, intertwine those two things and psychologically fuck up your significant other. Especially when your significant other is totally fucked up drunk, too. Exactly. She could have totally... Like I said, you know, if, if, if I had to pick a scenario, she goaded him into doing it and maybe didn't believe that he would. And maybe he just choked himself out and, and they couldn't explain the crime scene. So they came up with this thing of him being hanged. I don't know. Well. And you know what? We'll never know. Case is closed. Yeah. So you can join our True Crime Dumpster Facebook group. You can follow us on Twitter, TC Dumpster, and on Instagram, True Crime Dumpster. You can email us at truecrimedumpster at gmail.com. And you can listen to our show on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, Spotify, YouTube, and many other platforms. Don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, and tell your friends about our podcast. Every review, rating, and referral helps us to get to a larger audience. Tune in next time as we continue talking out the trash. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.